Welcome to the next episode of The Art of Data Science, where we help demystify the often confusing world of data analytics and the related areas of innovation. So let's get started. Whether we call it Alexa, Google, Bixby, or simply how you interact with your bank's IVR system, conversational AI is literally all around us. Today, we'll explore this topic further. I'm Bob Parr, KPMG's Advisory Chief Data Officer. And today, I'm very lucky to be joined by three very distinguished data scientists on the forefront of this growing topic of conversational AI. Ellen Campana is a PhD in brain and cognitive science and computer science. Ellen's work's being seen everywhere from the International Space Station to Apple Siri, and even in Oakley Eyewear. Arthur Frankie is a PhD from Columbia, who has been uh, actually the basis of an episode on Big Bang Theory. And uh, last but not least, uh, Swami Chandrasekharan, who prior to joining KPMG was IBM's Distinguished Engineer Emeritus and uh, CTO for the Watson platform. By the way, he's also a holder of 18 patents and author of three books. So Ellen, Arthur, and Swami, welcome. Ellen, let's start with you first. Can you describe what exactly is conversational AI? Thanks, Bob. Conversational AI is technology that's designed to allow people to work with computational systems using language, either by speaking or by typing. Um, It's a very natural way for people to very quickly and easily accomplish things they need to do every day. With the most conversational of the conversational systems, it mimics the sort of back and forth you might have with another person. You share your goal, answer some questions, and eventually you get to the point where your goal is met through that collaboration with the other person. And along the way, there's natural digressions, tangents. Ultimately, they don't get in the way of achieving your goals. In fact, you might not even notice that they're happening. That's the ideal that these conversational AI systems are going for. Well, if that's conversational AI, then, yeah, it it really seems to be very prevalent today. And it it seems like there's also a lot of variation. Can you take us through the different levels or types? Yes, certainly. So they do vary a lot in terms of their complexity. I find it useful to break this down into three basic levels. Um, There's voice triggers at the least complex level. Um, Then there's chatbots. And then at the top, there's intelligent agents, which are the most complex. Voice triggers, um, the least complicated, have been around for decades. Um, They use touch tone and and simple yes-no questions or simple um, menus. They're very scripted and not complex or intelligent. Um, Examples would be IVR and touch tones. Everyone has worked with these systems, and you know them well. And more recently, even some um, of the the bottom end of the Internet of Things devices, um, simple items that you can use a voice command to set your alarm um, and that sort of thing, they would be classified as voice trigger type systems. Then you have a little a little higher in complexity, you have chatbots, which are simple interfaces that are capable of doing some things very easily out of the box, um, like looking up documents related to, to what you say or handling simple Uh, chit-chat, telling jokes, and things like that. Um, And then at the more complicated end of the spectrum, you have intelligent agents, which are integrated into the enterprise. They're highly complex, but also able to do a whole lot more, including having longer conversations, doing those digressions, natural error handling, and, and addressing misunderstanding and recovery. 
I think in, in a few minutes, Swami will tell us um, some more about about this topic with some examples. Well, Swami, you know, these chatbots have been around for a number of years now, and various industries are, are deploying them. And, and so can you take us through some examples and help us understand the benefit that they're seeing? And whether or not these really matured past the point of being really a, a science experiment. Are, are, they, are the benefits really real? Yeah, first of all, thanks for having us, uh, Bob. Uh, these, these chatbots, these intelligent agents are, are for real. They're very much real. So let's start with a very concrete example from the retail industry. Uh, you, you talked about Amazon Alexa when you started. Um, so what I did was I, I picked up my, I went to my Amazon Alexa, and uh, coincidentally earlier in the week I had ordered turmeric powder, so I, I went to Alexa and said, hey, Alexa, did my order with turmeric get delivered? And the response I got was something like, uh, it was delivered today to the front door or porch, yada, yada, yada. And then it opens up the Amazon app on my phone uh, or on the, um, on the Alexa uh, show device, wherever I, I asked the question. And it also continues by saying, oh, by the way, if you happen to be running low on Colgate toothpaste gel, um, please say, Add to the add to cart. So it, if you look at what has happened, it's a very simple everyday scenario, but it is un, it is like Ellen said, it understood my my goal. It understood the way I said it. Of course, I have an accent, and it understood what information had to be go retrieved from a backend enterprise system, which is order information, and come back and present that to me relevantly, succinctly. Then it also ran probably a cross sell market basket analysis algorithm to recommend products that I may purchase. So this is kind of getting into a, a real example of a, of a conversational system that is providing a delightful customer experience. It provides a mechanism to have a very convenient shopping experience. And uh, with a product recommendation in the back end, I mean, you could argue either ways, uh, it is increasing the chances of customers buying more. So if you, if you have to tie it down to benefits, uh, I was reading, there was a study done by Link Global and Rakuten back in 2017, early 2018, where they found people who have Amazon Echo, where Alexa is embedded, uh, they bought 14% more diapers, and uh, there was an increase in upsell rate by almost 60%. So these are very, very tangible numbers uh, and no longer science experiments where it is being uh, put in front of consumers like you and I on a daily basis. Then if you move into healthcare, um, we are doing an engagement with the client to deliver an intelligent agent. And the, the goal there being, how do you allow uh, customers and members to interact uh, to find uh, doctors or specialists or nearest uh, facility like a, like a blood bank or inquire about your benefits or compare drug prices or drug costs. These are everyday meaningful topics based on which um, you want to get the information, but in context, right? The context being who I am, what plan I have, where I live, and provide me with all those responses using which I can make decisions. So this is touching everyday lives for folks like all of us. And if you kind of expand it into all other industries, including what are happening within an enterprise, like employees are demanding such a kind of interaction, such a kind of a conversational system available across banking, insurance, um, financial, and other parts of financial services, uh, and be whatnot. They want these systems to be contextual, meaning they want you to know you, 
uh, who you are. It has to, like Ellen said, should support speech, should support text. There is also visual-based conversational systems also emerging. Um, then, importantly, available across different channels. I may want to pick up my phone and ask for it. I may want to pick up a, a, my app and type it in, right? But it should understand what I did in one channel and continuing the conversation to the next channel. Then also integrate with backend APIs. And, and I've been saying this for a while. Um, if you ask these conversational systems uh, a question, and it, if it reads out to you an FAQ answer or takes you to a website, it is basically failed. Uh, in the Amazon order example, if it gave me uh, 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 instructions on how to log into your Amazon app and go to my orders and find the status of an order, it is failed. So these systems have to be more and more contextual, action-oriented, outcome-oriented, and uh, they all have benefits tied to it, and the benefits could range from increased engagement rates of serviceability, upsell, cross-sell increase, and, and many other factors. Well, that's great. I appreciate that. And Swami, can you just speak a little bit more around how these are deployed? Are we seeing these as standalone applications, or are they increasingly built into existing applications like Facebook or website or Salesforce? Yeah, great question. Um, so, again, I, I love examples. So starting with an example, during the early days of the pandemic, um, the COVID pandemic, my around-the-corner grocery shop, uh, what they what they did was they allowed you to submit uh, orders for milk, bread, and other vegetables through WhatsApp. And uh, they also said, oh, you can get notified when the order is ready for pickup, and when you come in, I'll uh, load, load it up in your car, curbside pickup, and be whatnot. This was like a very small business, uh, not a big grocery chain, right, around the corner. But I really like the spirit of that entrepreneurship where they said, okay, they let the tea leaves and said what capabilities we need to provide these customers with and made it available through WhatsApp. It is not a conversational system by no means. But the point being, it brings out how consumers are expecting interactions, right, and channels through which they want these interactions. So answering your question, these chatbots or intelligent agents are becoming available in different ways. So, for example, if you look at they are embedded, they're embedded inside a website, uh, including if you look at Android Auto, it is embedded inside a car where you can engage with, with different things inside your car and have a conversation inside. Uh, it is embedded inside a CRM application or a service desk uh, application. Then if you look at other channels, then they're available on WhatsApp, like I talked about, then Facebook Messenger, uh, where you can do a lot of, lot of things and goals. Then they're available, they're put behind IVR. So when you call a 1-800 number, you have many a times these AI systems or conversational systems trying to answer some of the some of the, uh, topmost asked questions and be able to provide you with that experience. Uh, they could be standalone apps. All of our banking apps have this capability for the most part. They're available on uh, for agents, right, who are answering our, uh, questions or calls in a call center on their agent desktop. And um, and the, the point being, they are they are becoming very very prevalent across channels, and also the uh, the thing the trend that is emerging is customers are expecting um, cross channel communication. Meaning, if I start the conversation on the web and I move over to my uh, my my phone on the mobile app, uh, it, 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 you you have to continue the conversation over there. And uh, it is the, the modes of interaction are, are becoming more prevalent. 
and channel is just a mechanism for these to kind of bring the conversation systems to life. So that's tremendous. Um, Arthur, over to you on this last question. So, you know, if the audience is contemplating the use of conversational AI, you know, what are the things they need to watch out for? And how can KPMG stand out and, and really help in this space? You know, like with many emerging technologies, the most common challenges boil down to managing expectations. First and front of mind is gauging cost. Systems can vary from a, a simple bot at the tens of thousands of dollars of scale up to hundreds of millions of dollars for a general purpose conversational platform. And to some degree, you get what you pay for. You can't expect a $10,000 system to behave like a $100 million platform. But then again, not everyone needs that eight-figure platform. So the question is, how do you find the balance between capabilities and cost and, and then manage to it? Second is... Do you want your bot to be very broad or very specialized? Should the bot be able to do and, and work in one domain, focus on one task and do it really, really well? Or should it be more comprehensive, wider ranging in its knowledge, but maybe not as deep in detail in a given, you know, for what kind of a conversation it can have? Not able to get down to a, a very sharp degree of detail for talking about everything that it knows. So it's a balance to understand and then build the right level of specialization that your users expect. And then third is around um, expectations around training and teaching. A bot can't talk about something that it hasn't been taught or trained on. So you have to make sure that your organization, the, the caring and feeding of the bot, the people looking after it, can dedicate time and energy to training and maintaining this, the conversational system so that it can understand and deliver information back to that user base. So with, with those things in mind, I, I think what sets our team at KPMG apart is our ability to work at the more complex end of the continuum that, that Ellen and Swami described. We can get beyond just simple toys or, or simple uh, demonstrator bots and build something that actually works and delivers value. It's, it's that integration, integrated combination of the conversational user experience that Ellen described with the predictive power that Swami mentioned to really anticipate what the user needs. And that's what gets to ROI and improves customer service. We can work with the clients at the very beginning of their journey, help them find their conversational strategy and understand what it's truly going to take from a capabilities perspective. Or we can help them all the way through delivery and into the stage where the system is deployed and live and improving in place. It does take expertise to avoid pitfalls, expertise in conversational design, in architecture, in interaction analysis. And at KPMG, we're able to bring all those capabilities and integrate into our client's team to deliver a, a system that's worth talking to. Well, Ellen, Swami, Arthur, thank you for helping us explore this emerging topic. It's just fascinating discussion. And for those listening in, that wraps up another episode of Art of Data Science. We hope you will join us again as we explore the rapidly changing world of data analytics and AI. And as always, if you have questions or topics you would like explored on this podcast, please email them to the art of data science at kpmg.com.
Thank you.